Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 95.7 The Game's John Dickinson has been with the Warriors every day throughout the championship era. Half-court, the Warriors start to celebrate. The one-time darlings are now a dynasty. And now, he brings you the latest scoops on the back-to-back champs. He's looking good to go. And exclusive player interviews. What's up, Dub Nation? It's your boy, Stephen Curry. This is Warriors Weekly on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, John Dixon. And welcome into our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you, and it's a pleasure to be joined by host of Mornings with Joe Lowe and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Joe Fortenbaugh bringing the heat to Warriors Weekly here. Joe, uh, pleasure to have an opportunity to catch up with you in this forum. I think we've done uh, we've done pretty close to uh, a handful of radio shows off the air over the years, but uh, it's nice to bring it back uh, in this format where we can let it loose a little bit. First of all, J.D., the pleasure is mine. It is not yours. I have to insist that the pleasure is mine. Thank you for inviting me on, and you're right. Outside of a few back and forths, over the phone and a lot of back and forth in person. I don't know if we've ever done anything like this before. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, again, thank you for having me on. I'm going to put the rat on the table right away. And I'm just going to set the over under for Warriors losses against the Clippers in the first round at a half. Are you taking the over or the under if I set it at one half? Good line. Really good line because essentially you're asking the question a lot of people are asking whether or not this is going to be a sweep. I would take the under. I think it's going to be a sweep. I talked to Dibs about it this morning. Dibs likes it to go at least five. He laid out some reasons why regarding, you know, the gentleman sweep. We've seen this sort of thing before. The Spurs series last year, the second round series last year, which I can't even remember. New Orleans. It was New Orleans. I don't think this team is interested in screwing around. You and I were having a back and forth before this about time management and efficiency. We were making jokes (laughs) because we're both nerds in that department, but... I think the Warriors are done with all that. I don't think they want to find themselves in a situation where it's game four against the Clippers. They're up three games to none, and they mail it in, and they say, all right, we'll just go back to the Bay, and we'll take care of business. I think they just want this thing done. And I'm not saying that as if it's a team that doesn't want to be playing together. It's just they don't want to waste the extra energy and put themselves at risk for an additional injury. I think they are going to go out there and hammer the Clippers from pillar to post. Now, the Clippers have a lot of fight, but let's remember, just a couple months ago, this is the organization that traded its best player to the Sixers because essentially they were getting ready for a rebuild. And Doc Rivers has done a tremendous job of keeping them motivated and keeping them in the hunt. He most certainly deserves recognition for coach of the year. But this is a huge step up in class. I'm sure we're going to slice it a variety of different ways, but I do not see the Warriors losing a game here. I'm taking your under. Yeah, and I'm inclined to agree with you. However, I I thought the schedule, once it came out, the the NBA did uh, about as 
good a job at trying to extend this thing to a fifth game as possible. When you look at the layout of the schedule in this series, the Warriors play the first two games on a normal gate, if you will, Saturday night and then Monday night with a day off in between, a practice day. Uh, But then there's a couple of days between game two and three and for the second time this season because if you remember this happened three months ago when the Warriors were in Los Angeles in January they played a game on a on a Friday night and then had an entire weekend off in Los Angeles before playing another game against the Lakers on the MLK holiday I'm looking at the layout of the schedule and if there was ever a scenario where the Warriors gave one up it would be after playing on a Thursday and then having a Friday and a Saturday night free in Los Angeles before playing an afternoon game in game four and then oh by the way the league puts two more off days before a game five just in case it's it's almost as if the league is trying to just extend the dates as far as they possibly can uh you know with without influencing any of the outcomes of the individual games of course right wink wink because the league would never do that Joe (laughs) I, I think you make an excellent point you make an excellent point I did a study on this for a gambling website a few years ago I was looking for clipper games Laker games, Knicks games, and Toronto Raptor games that fell along this purview. Essentially, a team playing in that town or getting set to play in that town for a matinee, like a, a noon matinee in New York after spending the, the Saturday night before in New York City having a good time. Because those are the cities that you hear about the most outside of Miami, which now that I think about it, I probably should have included Miami in that uh, study. But I looked at the two L.A. teams, Toronto, and New York, and the results were relatively staggering. If you were talking about trying to make money, betting against teams in those situations, the road team having fun in the big city and then playing the matinee game and getting caught the next day, there are good profitable results there. Unfortunately, the study was only dedicated to the regular season when teams would be more inclined to possibly mail it in versus the playoffs. The one counter I would have to this is the idea that knowing the Houston-Utah winner, which most of us expect to be Houston, awaits in the second round. Knowing that Houston is starting their series a day later than you, and knowing that Houston's probably going to need at least five. that That's a series that could go six or seven. Utah has been playing very well post-All-Star break. The Warriors may look at this and say, look, rather than go out and have some fun, let's handle our business, let's get back to the Bay Area, or let's stay in L.A. Sunday night, whatever. Let's have a good time afterwards, and then we might get three, four, five days before we play the Rockets. That could be a huge advantage because I think that they're not idiots. They're like us. In the West, it's the Rockets above everyone else in terms of the biggest threat to your crown. And you remember what happened last year. You don't want to get caught in that scenario again. That would be my one counter. I think maybe they keep it focused long enough just because they realize a big opportunity awaits if they can clean up quick and the Rockets get stuck in a six- or seven-game series. Well, and the fascinating thing, we're talking with Joe Fortenbaugh here, uh, Warriors Weekly Podcast uh, for 95-7, the game. The, the fascinating aspect to it is if the Warriors sweep that series, if you look at the way they back-timed it with the games five, six, and seven, Wednesday, Friday, and then the following Sunday, that final Sunday in April, uh, if the Warriors wrap that thing up, let's say by 3 o'clock on, on Easter Sunday – 
they're probably going to have a full week off minimum at that point. They could almost hold a little mini training camp before they take on the Rockets. And yes, Joe, I am I am putting the Rockets into the second round. What a wild finish last night. It, it looked like the Rockets were going to be helped out by both Sacramento and Minnesota, get that two seed back with Denver and Portland losing, and then Denver and Portland rally furiously in the fourth quarter Portland from as many as 28 down uh, with six players playing and the bottom six of their roster it was absolutely wild the way it shook out and now it looks like the the toughest series the Warriors may have in the Western Conference is is coming in in round two first off the Portland comeback was unbelievable unbelievable comeback Especially they when six you, players the whole game. I know, especially when you consider they sat all their stars. The other one was embarrassing, all right? The Nuggets need that win for the two seed. No Carl Anthony Towns. Minnesota mailed it in starting two months ago. They've been terrible down the stretch here. They're double-digit dogs in that game, and they hold in a, what was it, an 11-point lead with four to go? And, and 15-0 run Denver, at the end. Yeah, yep. Denver needed a 15-0 run. Denver is limping into the playoffs. Denver is just like the Pistons. The only difference is the Pistons aren't expected to win. They're limping in. Blake Griffin's banged up. Something's wrong with Denver. Now, we can get into that later, but I wanted to play back to something you said about Houston. How how much of a challenge do you see that series being against Utah? Is that four and done? Does that thing maybe go seven? How much of a threat are the Jazz going to be? That's a bad matchup, I think, for the Jazz because of the weapons that the Rockets have. That's a matchup, and if you go back to their meeting a year ago in the playoffs, the Rockets handled them with relative ease. That was a five-game series. When those two teams match up, it's tough for Utah to keep up with the firepower and the style of play uh, that, that the Rockets have there. So, no, you know, talking to some people actually in Utah and, and reading some of the writers in Utah, that's actually the, the, the worst possible matchup, and that's the one team that the Jazz didn't want to face above anyone other than maybe Golden State in the Western Conference. So I'm inclined to say that's a five-game series, but you never know with the Rockets – uh, I mean, the Rockets can, can trick away a game here or there. They did it the other night in Oklahoma City that, that wound up putting them in that position now where they are the four seed. But I, I would actually be surprised if that series goes five or goes beyond five, I, I should say, as long as the Rockets are, are playing well. But like I said, you never know. Maybe the Rockets aren't playing well. I mean, they go through spells where they look awful, just like Oklahoma City goes through spells where they look awful. And then other stretches, they look like they're, you know, the top contender other than maybe the Warriors. Yeah, I was trying to go through the Houston-Utah matchups this year to see if I could learn anything from it. And the problem is, Utah was terrible at the beginning of the year, and they were great late. And Houston was kind of like that, too. They broke late from the gate, and then they got stronger as the season went on. But these two haven't met since February 2nd. That game was in Utah, and the Rockets blew the Jazz out by 27. And then if you go back to the previous meeting, it was mid-December. It was a small Houston win at home. And then the first two meetings, October 24th and December 6th, one at each location, Utah won both of those. One was by 11. One was by, I think, 27. It was a huge blowout. So yeah. I'm looking at it. It's been back and forth. It's relatively split. But, I mean, so much has changed since the last time they even played each other. It was pre-All-Star break. I, I'm not going to put any stock in any of that stuff, to be honest. Yeah, and the, I mean, the Jazz are such a well-prepared team and coach team that it's it's probably unfair to just say, well, that's a five-game series. I mean, and then they're also tough at home uh, as well. 
So, I mean, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if it ends up going six. I, I don't think it goes seven necessarily. But, again, if it goes six, then why couldn't it go seven if you're playing game six in Salt Lake City? Uh, so, uh, you know, just something to keep an eye on if that series, let's say, does head for a, a 2-2, uh, you know, after four games and the Warriors are maybe wrapping things up uh, on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, the, the Warriors could get as many as maybe nine full days off if that series went the distance. I know the NBA loves to move series up, and they would love that that second-round series would definitely start on the weekend uh, if if both of those other series are, are wrapped up. But, but if not... Uh, I mean, the Warriors could be looking at as many as nine days off if they sweep uh, the Clippers. Do you see that as a bad thing? Some people would look at it and go, oh, the rest is fantastic. Others would say, oh, they're going to get rusty. They're going to be sluggish when they come out. They've been through all of this. Remember that year against the Cavs when both teams, I want to say, swept their conference finals and we had like two weeks before the NBA oh. final started? Yeah, no, that was that was that was rough. That was really rough. Yeah, I think Cleveland won on a Sunday, I want to say, and the Warriors won, or, or the Warriors won on a Monday, and Cleveland won on a Tuesday, and then it was the following Thursday, which yeah. was Game One of the, of the finals. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, the Warriors have seen it all, and that's one thing Steve Kerr references all the time. I mean, they've won championships on the road, they've won championships at home, they've lost Game Seven at home uh, with this core group, obviously minus. Kevin Durant so I, I they, they have seen it all I, I would be a little bit concerned in in that first game uh, just that, that maybe that's an opportunity for the Rockets to, to to steal one if they're in a a little bit of a rhythm I do think there's a there is something to be said for a, a team that let's say played on a Sunday and then you're playing and then you just fly to the next city and you and you play the next game on a Tuesday which is basically what the Rockets would do if they play a game seven uh, you know against Utah so I, I think there is a benefit early but as the series goes on to me there's a clear-cut benefit to the team with more rest, and that would be the Warriors in that case. Oh, without question. I mean, think about the idea of the Western Conference Finals. Let's assume you handle your business against the Clippers, then maybe you meet the Rockets and you handle your business there. If you're going to go against a team like OKC, I don't see them blowing right through Portland. And even if they do, they're going to get the Spurs or the Nuggets in the second round. I don't see them blowing through those teams either. They have the star power to do that, but they've been wildly inconsistent throughout the course of the season, especially late in the year, wildly inconsistent. So I could see them making a few crucial mistakes that cost them in those series. And between the travel from the Midwest to Portland and then the Midwest to wherever they'd be going for the next series, by the time you get to the Warriors, when you need to be at your absolute most razor-sharp point of the season, I think they could be quite worn down, to tell you the truth. And that's where the Warriors might be able to cruise if they handle their business against the Clippers and the Rockets like many of us expect. Yeah, and Joe, let's look at the other side of the bracket because I think you could make a case that that this thing broke just beautifully for the Warriors. Agreed. In the in the sense that it's short travel against the Clippers. It's a starless team, and look, I I like the Clippers are a feisty bunch. I like Doc Rivers. I, they have eight, nine, ten, maybe even eleven legit rotation players. They have really good players. But they have zero stars, and they're taking on a team that has five stars when they're all playing to the highest level of their capability. So, so that series in and of itself is a wrap, whether you get the, the gentleman sweep or the actual sweep. But, but to be able to have that kind of a almost an extension to the regular season warm-up series, then get a little bit of a break to prepare for the Rockets, and then 
to know you're in the conference finals, but you're going to be playing a, a, a an inferior opponent to the opponent that you play in the second round. Uh, who do you? I mean, who's going to end up winning that bottom half? Of, is Oklahoma City the favorite? I mean, you've got Denver, you've got Portland, Portland without Nurkic. Denver is Denver, and then you look at OKC and San Antonio. I mean, San Antonio's not good enough to to come out of that side of the bracket. But is OKC the favorite, Joe? They're not because they're on the road, uh, presumably for both series. But I would say this. When I was looking at the odds yesterday, I was talking to some guys, and they were saying, find me some value outside of the Warriors in the West. And my first response was, there is no value. There's no one worth playing. The Warriors are winning the West. You're just throwing your money away. I said, all right, for the sake of argument, find me something to play that might be worth it if you had to pick one. So I'm looking, and this was before last night shook down. So I projected... Uh, Oklahoma City winning because they were winning in and they were going up against a really weak uh, Milwaukee team that was sitting everyone. Right. So if they win that game, they get the six. So that was my projection. They're going to win that game and they were sitting 20 to one. And I'm looking at the other side of the bracket. I thought Denver was going to win. I think Denver's a soft two. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2013. Maybe they turn it on now that they're here, but they're kind of limping to the finish line. And I'm not sure if I trust them all that much in a big spot. At the very least, Paul George, Steven Adams, Russell Westbrook, they've got a lot of playoff experience. And then you got the Spurs in there who I could see them upsetting Denver, but I don't see him being good enough to run deep. So I was analyzing the four, and I just assumed it would be a matchup against the Rockets. But regardless... I figure maybe the superstars come alive 20 to one on Oklahoma city. Well, the bracket shook down where they didn't get Houston and the odds immediately dropped to 15 to one. So they're not necessarily the favorite, but people are saying it's not just me. There is an eye to the thunder thinking, all right, considering they don't have to deal with the warriors or the rockets before the conference finals, this might be worth a play. And I will say this about a, a potential Oklahoma City matchup. If Oklahoma City does get to the conference finals, they're going to be playing a hell of a lot better basketball than they're playing right now, which could become problematic. They they have been one of the better defensive teams in the NBA this season. And the one thing the Warriors I don't think want to see, and I want to get your take on this, uh, Joe Fortenbaugh joining me here, Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game, is all of the ancillary drama conversation nonsense that would come from a conference finals where you're getting basically half of all of the media in the NBA, probably slightly more converging in one place for a Kevin Durant return to OKC in a conference final and the first head-to-head matchup in the playoffs between those two teams since Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City for the Warriors. Uh, The Warriors have not been about drama and ancillary conversations, at least in wanting to talk about that stuff with the media. It can carry a heavy weight and a burden on them. Uh, That's a series, while the basketball itself the Warriors may be able to get through, two weeks of Kevin Durant and OKC and Russell Westbrook and everything that goes along with that could, could be mighty draining and maybe take a toll into the finals when you couple it with playing the Rockets in the second round as well, how long that series could go. I like it for a variety of reasons. I'm one for drama. We're in the business of what's interesting, and that would be a very oh, it's great interesting for us. series. Yeah, without question, like from a personal standpoint, even if I'm not in this business, I like the thought of that because it's interesting to me. But from a business standpoint, it's interesting to a lot of people. So that's also good. The one thing I would throw out there, you make a great case about the distraction. 
they've already been dealing with this regarding whether or not Durant's going to leave after the season. I think that's more debilitating than going back to OKC. Those wounds aren't fresh anymore. It's been three years. Paul George came. Paul George committed to those people. They've got their new, new hero alongside Russell Westbrook. I think that while they'd still boo Durant and it would still be a major talking point, it wouldn't be the talking point that it would have been two years ago or even last season. And I think for the Warriors, if it takes away from the idea that these are Durant's final games before he goes to the New York Knicks, I'll take the one drama over the other. I really do think uh, that would be the lesser of two evils, to tell you the truth. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's interesting. I, I just think I'm all about the cumulative effect of things. And, and the Clippers, I don't think, will, will provide any you know, cumulative effect as far as later rounds unless there's some kind of injury in that series. And, and the Warriors, have they've had a history of players getting injured in the first round of the playoffs for whatever reason. They just haven't had uh, that, that season ender in the first round. I just look at a, a possible cumulative effect of, let's say you, you play the Rockets and it goes six, and then you've got a hard-fought five, let's say, with Oklahoma City, and then you've got whoever's left uh, on the Eastern Conference bracket coming at you, and, and maybe you don't have home court advantage to start there. I mean, that, that's the only scenario, Joe, where I see the Warriors not winning this championship. It's if the, the cumulative toll of three hard-fought rounds just takes, you know, it just takes too much out of them to where they kind of run out of gas, but... The early part of the playoffs may be so light that they've still got enough in the tank. Interesting point. That would mean for that for that to be something that we're concerned about, which is a legitimate concern, that would mean we'd have to look at the Eastern Conference and assume that the team that wins the East is in better shape from a rest and health perspective. And that's certainly possible. But what what I find fascinating about the East this year outside of the fact that it's the first time we don't have to talk about LeBron, like we generally have some intrigue. There could be some real surprises in the East is the fact that none of these teams are all that battle tested. LeBron's owned them for years. Granted, Toronto has been to the playoffs, but they never got by LeBron. Granted, Boston has had some success in the playoffs, but they haven't made it to the finals with this group. Philadelphia won a singular playoff series last year and Boston seems to own them. Plus, Philly just has mailed it in the last two weeks of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out a little sluggish since they haven't played any competitive basketball for a while. And then there's Milwaukee. And everyone looks at Milwaukee and thinks about how nasty they are and how they should blow through everybody. But remember, they lost in seven in the opening round last year. These guys remind me of the Warriors the first year the Warriors mm. won the title. You, you, I'm not going to say you came out of nowhere, but you caught a lot of people by surprise with how good you are. You have this... New emerging face of the NBA. For the Warriors, it was Steph. For the Bucks, it's Giannis. You win your conference. You win the number one overall seed. Everyone's very excited about you. You have a high-powered offense. You have a great coach. But, 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 what are you going to do in the playoffs? What does Giannis do when it's game seven? What does he do with game five? I mean, he doesn't have that much experience. And for as dominant as the Warriors have been lately, that first year, they swept through New Orleans in the opening round. Then you remember this, J.D., because we were sitting next to each other almost every night at the building. They went down 2-1 to Memphis, and they needed Ooh. the barbecue dinner to get themselves back organized. Then they hammered um, Houston, but then they went to the finals, and they fell down 2-1 to Cleveland. And, and there was a lot of uncertainty. Even last year against Houston, when they were down three games to two, we're all so arrogant now that we just assumed they would come back and win, especially right. after Paul got hurt. Like, our arrogance level is through the roof. But back then... 
2-1 down to Memphis was a legitimate concern. Like, we really thought, man. Yeah, because they hadn't done anything yet. Right. This could all be for naught. I'm looking at Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I don't think they're just going to go cruising through people. Maybe the opening round, Detroit is so banged up and they're limping in. Maybe they hammered Detroit. But they're going to get a finals against a Toronto or a Philadelphia. And that's not going to be easy for them. They, they've been mixing it up with Philly over the last month plus. I could see that being six or seven to where the team that emerges, congratulations. But on the other side, you have the Warriors waiting for you. That's going to be very difficult to overcome. Very difficult. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right about that. And, and look, I mean, Boston, if they end up playing Milwaukee, that's a series that I think is destined to go long. I think Philadelphia, while they just are awful at executing late in games. Uh, and I think that will ultimately be their undoing in the playoffs. They would give Toronto a, a run for their money in a second round series. And look, Toronto, even though they're different, they, they still have some demons. I know it's a different coach. I know they have Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green and they're, they're built a little differently. They play a little different style now. Uh, and, and the way they, they use their players is, is not the way Dwayne Casey was using them. So it, it's a fresh look, but they've still got some demons. If they, you know, are in an even series, let's say, early uh, in the playoffs that they're going to have to overcome. So I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. They wind up having a more difficult path than expected, and, and, and there could be a, a cumulative uh, toll there. All right, uh, Joe, final couple here for you. Uh, I want to go rapid fire here, right? Uh, Warriors over under four and a half total losses in the postseason. Ooh, that's a good one because I set three and a half for the Western Conference playoffs. And I'm assuming okay. a Clipper sweep, five, five, over under four and a half. I, I would play, I, I want to say under. I'm really fear, feeling arrogant right now, JD, but I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over four and a half. I'm thinking you probably have two series that go six games which gives you four losses, and then you'll have one other loss in another series, which would give you five. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't feel that confident in it. I'm, I'm not confident. I don't think I could give you an answer either way where I'd be really confident, but if you are going to make me bet this, I'll bet the over. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to roll with you, but I, somehow I see 4-0 Clippers, two losses to the Rockets, one loss to whoever wins, winds up winning the bottom half of the Western Conference bracket – and then Golden State wrap it up the finals in five. And like that four could be tricky. And this is yeah, why the rest I'm... of the country hates us. That's so arrogant. I love it. But that's so arrogant. The fact that we think like that, that is why everybody hates us right now. And I love uh, that. Biggest moment of drama for the Warriors in the postseason, what will it be? Biggest... Will, there be a, will, will there be a fire that needs to be put out, and what will it involve? I, I, I'm looking for a prediction from you, wild prediction. All right. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a fire that needs to be put out. Last year, we had it on the court uh, with what happened in the Houston series. I really think these guys are going to handle their business, and I don't see anyone losing control to the point where there's a suspension or anything like we dealt with with Draymond uh, a few years ago in the 73-win season that did not result in the title. But if I've got to come up with something, I would say in the NBA Finals, you go to Milwaukee or you go to Toronto. I don't think Philly's going to get there. I'm from the area. I'd love to say it. I just don't. They don't close out games well. Philly has no. a problem closing out games when they've got small leads late. So Toronto or Milwaukee, let's say it's Milwaukee, but either way, the, it applies. Warriors lose game one, and we go on air the next day, and it's like, oh, my God. This is embarrassing. I can't believe you would allow this to happen. Now you have to win game two. It's, and that'll be the take. The take will be, is game two a must win? 
and it will be the yes. Yes, it's a must win because if you fall behind 2-0, you can't win. Here are the numbers. And the no will be, no, it's not a must win because if it was a must win, that would mean a loss and they don't come back to play the next night. And they will come back to play. You know that stupid take. But that will be the take. They will lose game one and then the next morning we'll all be talking about whether or not game two is a must win. I can already smell the garbage takes coming. I can smell them right now, J.D. Curse you for putting me in this situation. Uh, Warrior most likely to forget his passport going to Canada. Dude, I my passport's still there. I went there years ago and lost my passport there, and I have not gotten <laughs> it replaced because I've been terrified to have to go to the government and basically be shamed. I Now, granted, when I lost it, I immediately informed them because you have to do that, but my sure. passport's still there. Most likely to lose it. I mean, Draymond's the first one that comes to mind, but honestly... Or not have it with them and, and not be allowed to play game one. 100% Jordan Bell. It's Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell will do something. It most, most likely to not have the passport's Jordan Bell. I don't even know why I thought Draymond. He's buttoned up. Yeah, but it's Jordan <laughs> Joe, Bell. Joe, really appreciate it, man. Great stuff, as always. Good to have a, a little bit of fun with you. And, and the final, final one I got to hit you with as it pertains to Kevin Durant. Anything change in your mind or can anything change in your mind about the way this playoff plays out that might change Kevin Durant's mind if and what I mean is if you think he's going do you think anything could happen to where he'd be more inclined to stay than go if you think he's going now? that's a great question I asked that on the morning show this morning we didn't have enough time to really peel it back I think Lowe and Dibbs both told me they didn't think there would be an effect either way but we didn't get a chance to discuss it um I initially, I want to say no. I want to say that a loss basically means, you know what? Forget this. I got the two rings. I can't win three in a row. That's why I was sticking around. I'm out of here. And then a win would mean the exact same thing. I got my three in a row. I've done everything I can do here. I'm leaving. But I do think, I do think over the course of winning, there's a chance that Durant looks around the locker room and realizes it's a great situation. It's a dominant team. They can roll up and build that legacy, and it's less energy than just about anywhere else in terms of carrying a franchise, dealing with the media, dealing with your teammates. Yes, Draymond's a pain in the ass. Everyone knows that. He probably knew that before he came here, that Draymond can be a pain in the ass, but that's why we love him. And I do think that there's a chance that over the course of this, there could be some significant bonding to the point where Durant goes, you know what? Grass isn't always greener. Let's stay here. Let's win four in a row. Let's win five in a row. Let's really put our mark on history. So yes, is the answer to your question. Wild card question. Who's the next coach of the Sacramento Kings? Dave Yeager got fired while yeah, we were talking here. It's like, it's it's incredible. The best record they've produced since 2006, and they fired the head of media. They fired the assistant GM, the coach. This is why Bill Walsh said back in the day when there were only 28 teams in the NFL or whatever it was, he said, you're not competing against 20, 25 teams. You're really just competing against eight because there are so many inept franchises that can't figure it out. Everyone wants to blame the Warriors for breaking basketball. They, I'm sorry, there were rules. They followed them and they built a really good team. The Lakers broke basketball because they're idiots. The Kings break basketball. The Knicks break basketball because they're terrible franchises. These are the teams you should be blaming, not the successful teams. This is America. We should applaud the winners and we should condone the losers, or I should say condemn the losers, but we don't do that. We feel bad for the loser, and we try to cut down the winner on top of the mountain. So I would say, according to all the reports, they're very interested in Luke Walton if he becomes available, and I really hope that if Luke ends up getting fired, which I don't want to see, that he finds work quickly if he wants work. And that's a fun Kings team. So I would say Luke Walton. 
Joe, really appreciate it, man. Kept you longer than expected, but only because it's great content. Uh, obviously, everybody check out uh, Mornings with Joe Lowe and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Uh, really appreciate it, buddy. Thanks a lot. Oh, it was my pleasure, J.D. Thank you so much for having me on. Joining me now, Warriors Weekly, is Mark Spears, senior NBA writer for ESPN, the undefeated uh, and regular contributor here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Mark, how are you? Oh, man, just gearing up for this crazy playoffs. I was at the uh, Trailblazers-Kings game last night where it seemed like the Trailblazers were trying to tank so they could play, uh, not play Oklahoma City in the first round. And some young kid, I don't even remember his name now, put up well, Anthony Simons, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he puts up 37. Uh, Jaeger, who probably knew what his fate was going to be, just said to hell with it and didn't play anybody a note in the second half. And uh, the Blazers come back, uh, overcome the deficit, win a game they didn't want to win, and now they got to play uh, OKC. And it pushed Houston, who may have to play Golden State in the second round. So certainly had a weird wrinkle to the playoffs that uh, wasn't expected. Well, and as you look at the Western Conference bracket, I'm not sure anybody's happy except maybe the Golden State Warriors. I mean, Houston's not happy there for. The Jazz probably aren't happy they're playing Houston. Uh, Oklahoma City may not be happy that they didn't wind up maybe in the top three, although they have to like their matchup. And then you've got Portland uh, probably not happy as well. And, and Denver really struggling, uh, even though they, they wind up yeah. uh, getting the two seed. I, I mean, tell me who's happy in the West besides the Warriors. Well, I, I, you know, but I'm going to digress with you. If I'm the Warriors, I'm not happy because to me, like Houston's their most formidable opponent and you got to play them in the second round. Probably, you know, so you don't want to see them then. You want to see them later, you know. You want to see them. Uh, they would have played Oklahoma City in the first round. You, To me, those are the two scariest teams. I would have rather seen them play against each other. So I, I actually think if, if if Portland would have won, I think the road to the West Finals or even to the Finals itself would have been a lot easier for the Warriors than it actually is now. Yeah, and, and we're talking with Mark Spears here uh, of ESPN uh, on 95.7 The Game Warriors Weekly. Uh, but, yeah, it, it is interesting how it all played out because now there's this roadblock. And, and, you know, Oklahoma City isn't exactly playing well to finish the season, yeah. but now it, it does set up a scenario where, yes, the Warriors play the Clippers, but then you got to maybe deal with Houston in all likelihood. Yeah. And then Oklahoma City may win that bottom half of the bracket, and you'd yeah. be getting a much better Oklahoma City team a month from now than you'd be getting, let's say, if you had to play them beginning on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, because remember, you know, Portland doesn't have Nurkish. So they're beat up. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I think Portland is 0-3 against the Thunder. You know? Yeah, they so got swept. It, it, it's, it's a prime situation in J.D. You've seen this in the playoffs for years where a team, like the playoffs are all about matchups. So a team could come in get their head right in the first-round favorable matchup. And everything that took place, all the struggles that took place during the regular season are forgotten. And then keep in mind, there's no back-to-backs. There's more time off. So, like a guy like Paul George who's been nursing injuries, it's great for him, you know? He, he, he yeah. could get more rest for his shoulder. He could get more rest for his body. He could be fresher during games. He could play more minutes. No one... That there's not a game tomorrow, 
that he might be able to rest for two or three days and and go 42 or maybe maybe you play rust 45 you know what i mean so i i think that um the arrival of usually a team play are are what they are at the end of the regular season but because of this matchup this might breathe new life into the thunder yeah and then oklahoma city they'd be i mean i just look at that bottom half of the bracket i mean portland oklahoma city denver san antonio i mean even even san antonio has to probably like the matchup that they got no no disrespect to denver but denver still going to have to figure out how to uh, win with this group in a in a playoff series for the first time and and you know playing and going up against Popovich and company uh, you know that that may not be the most ideal of, of scenarios for them either yeah no I, I mean look this first round is going to be interesting eastern conference maybe not as much you know I think it gets more interesting in the east in the second round but um when with two through seven in the west every team is capable of winning that series. I think the Clippers are the only team that has no shot, you know, um, other than that, I, Hey man, it's anybody's guess really. Uh, when you look at, at the Warriors and we talked about the fact that, that Houston is, is in that four spot and they're, they're taking on Utah and, and, you know, I think Houston, uh, what would you think of that series? Actually, we, we, we've talked about the other couple of series. What, what do you think of the Houston Utah series? I mean, is there any way Utah can you think extend them well, six or seven games, or you think yeah, that's just I a mean, bad matchup? No, no. I mean, don't sleep on Utah. They've been playing well. What they've won like uh, eight of their last ten, or maybe even better than that. You know, they yeah. they're playing good basketball at the right time. So, I mean, I wouldn't sleep on the Jazz. They got Gobert. They got a, a high-powered guard, and you know, and and Donovan Mitchell. Um, they've made it to the second round of the playoffs, and, and I don't think they're scared of Houston. So, um, look, man, let's 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 get our seatbelt fastened, <laughs> get our popcorn ready, and, and watch this. Because do I think Utah is a favorite? No. Do I think they're going to be an easy pushout? Hell no. I mean, the the Jazz are are a real threat, man. Um, and and it 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 will be interesting to see, you know, how they come in there because they're not, the pressure is not on Utah. There's a lot of pressure on um, Houston to not only compete, but to like compete for a championship because they, let's be honest, they've run their mouth a lot too, right? They right. I think they came into the season like a little too cocky um i could tell when the warriors played there late in the regular season that uh they had heard enough and wanted to make a statement and so you know because of what harden's doing which is amazing and historical and it's one of the best scoring performances we've ever seen but because of what he's doing you know they they they're feeling themselves a lot they they think they could beat everybody and who knows? Per, per, perhaps they end up winning it all, but um, I, I do think that uh, Utah certainly will have something to say. And then if they win, having to get the Warriors in the second round, I mean, I'm I'm sure. I, I heard that Houston watched the game last night, <laughs> uh, the the Portland game, just watching it, and they're kind of like, really. <laughs> They can't even yeah. lose right. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a lot of great storylines, man, and I'm really excited about the arrival of Saturday. 
Yeah, that was remarkable, the, the Portland game last night. I mean, think you, you, you take your top eight, basically, and you say none of them are going to play, which is what Portland yeah. did. Nurkic is already out. You play the other six guys on your roster, and yeah. you play three of them the entire game, and you come from 28 down and, and win against a, a team that, yeah. you know, not, won 39 games and, 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 and was hard on everybody, really, throughout the course yeah. of the season in, in Sacramento. Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, after that game, that Sacramento game, I had never seen a group of players get showered and get out of there as soon as possible. I mean, it's, uh, you could tell they want to change, but I'll do respect to Jaeger. It just wasn't a good fit, uh, a veteran coach and a group of young guys, uh, really young guys who probably need more of a pat on the back and a person, more personal relationship than, you know, uh, Jaeger's kind of old school style, um, so uh, I'm, I'm I, when Harrison Barnes took a shower and came into the locker room after the game, he kind of looked around and was like, "Where did everybody go?" <laughs> wow. He was like, oh, he was like stunned that he was. I, I that's the first time I've seen a majority of a team. I think maybe like of the 15 guys that brought 13 of the 15, I think got on the first bus. So wow. that that tell, tells a lot and. Somebody was mentioning to me like this team is the Kings have been a big disappointment actually since they had lost to the Warriors um, in Oakland when Jaeger had yelled at Buddy Heald and that kind of mentally put the team in a tank. Uh, so, you know, but I think the Kings are going in the right direction. They'll be fine. They could be in the playoffs next year. They got some talent. They'll get another high pick, add a couple more veterans. Um, but, yeah, I, I think at halftime they had enough, and you could tell in the second half. The coaching staff had enough, or the coach had enough, the players had enough. They're ready. Um, perhaps they should have taken different planes, too. Who, who, is, who, who do you think would be the, the, the right type of fit for that job? Because I think, I think Jaeger's pretty sharp as far as you know, knowing what he's doing tactically, but I think he, he also came off as, you know, a little smarmy and, and, like you said, a little old school uh, as far as dealing with some of the younger players. It, it always kind of seemed like there was a little bit of a hidden agenda going on there with him when you'd listen to him talk. He'd take little sneaky yeah. shots here and there at management or at, at players at times. Yeah. Uh, so it always felt to me like he probably wasn't going to be back just based on the fact that he certainly wasn't going to be extended and going into the final yeah. year of the contract next year, it's, it's got to be one or the yeah. other, right? You're either going to – and he wasn't the guy that was going to play out the last year. So, to me, he was probably going to be gone. But yeah. – so not a surprise, as you've alluded to, but, but who do you think would be a good fit for, for Sacramento as they try to make that jump with some young talent? Yeah, I mean, I think you need somebody that certainly could has a, a relationship with young guys, understands the younger crowd, um, more of a uh, like like someone that's going to more talk to you than yell at you. You know, like I, I heard stories about Steve Kerr, like going to somebody's house and having dinner with them, and you know, like uh, I remember a coach telling me, like, you got to get to know the parents now. Not just the kids. Just these kids are the, the players are so young now that their parents are heavily involved, mom and dad. That you gotta like. Sometimes you gotta talk to the parents to get to to the player because they're nineteen, twenty years old. 
Um, so, you know, Luke Walton's name's come out. I think he'd be a great name, great person who could get it. He's just been dealing with some young guys, and he probably has a relationship with Ron Adive from the Warriors days. Um, David Vanderpool, uh, I think, is ready. Um, assistant with the uh, the Blazers. So kind of somebody, just a, a younger, cooler guy um, who, you know, walks uh well, they say walk softly but carries a big stick kind of guy. You know, just, yeah, that makes just, sense. Just, just somebody that um, just can really be in tune with today's young player and and development and getting the most out of them. Mark Spears joining me here, senior NBA writer, ESPN, the Undefeated Warriors Weekly for ninety-five-seven. The game is we're, we're talking all things NBA and and previewing the playoffs a little bit. Uh, how much is is Saturday night going to mean to Demarcus Cousins, who will be playing in his first playoff game? I know it seemed like he was going to make it last year. Obviously, the injury he didn't get a chance to play. I mean, I, I got to yeah. think it's going to be pretty emotional and special for him to to get out there and start that that part of his career uh, and that journey toward trying to get this ring. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think it's emotional. If it's you know, what kind of took out some of the emotion of it is this is a team that's expected to make the playoff. I think the thing for him was just making sure he's healthy, man, making sure his body's right. He's got a long journey to go. Good for him. There's no back-to-back. So, yeah, I, I think – I don't know that he'll be emotional. I think he'll just be excited. Like the kid that's going at our first Little League game of the season, he'll probably have his jersey sitting on his bed and his and his shorts, and he, he he might come to the game dressed in his sweats and everything, man. Who knows? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, no. I think the thing with him is you got to make sure he's not too excited, you know, because uh, this is a long time coming, and I'm sure he'll he'll be the happiest guy on the court once and once they do the tip off. Where where do you think his game's at right now? I mean, all told, here we are, almost three months since he returned. He started off pretty well, and then he, he struggled for a little bit, and he, he's really been playing well for, I want to say, the better part of five, six weeks now, going back to, to early March. But where do you, how do you reconcile his game overall right now? Um, I think he's playing great ball, man. Um, confident. Uh, he, he shows that when you need him to step up and, and perhaps be the leading scorer or, or carry the offensive load, he could do that seems certainly more energized defensively. Um, and then with Bogut there, like, you know, you could you could give him a breather and, and not be worried about the team taking a deep drop. So, and I also think Bogut being there gives them some extra motivation. Um, uh, and, and I just know that him knowing what's at stake, it's deeper than a, just being in the playoffs. It's about winning a championship. He'll be, he'll be mentally and physically ready. Final question for you, Spears. Who wins the East? Oof. <laughs> right? Um, if Milwaukee is healthy, I like them. I like them a lot. Uh, Boston just has too much drama. Toronto. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a battle royal, but if I had to be a betting man, and, and this is the thing, Giannis has to show that he can win because he hasn't on this, on this level. I'm, I'm going to go with Giannis though, man. I, I feel like we're going to go uh, read up on Laverne and Shirley and, 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 and uh, you know, some Miller high life and, 
It's a beer well, and brats. Yeah, man. Maybe you could get Mike Brown and do a tour to Harley Davidson factory at the Warriors make it. He'd probably like that. Um, but yeah, I'd, that to me, I, I'll say Milwaukee because they're the only steady force in the East all season. And, and you think Toronto will beat Philly in the second round? You think it'll be Milwaukee, Toronto in the in the East final? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it depends on Embiid's health. If Embiid is healthy, feeling good, Philly could certainly win that series. So. Uh, I think a lot of it's up to whether MB can be MB because if he is, I mean that's what they got Gasol for. I, I, I but I'd probably lean in, lean towards Toronto because the Philly has nothing to stop Kawhi. Well, the, the East is fascinating, right? Because you got Milwaukee ha- hasn't been there before on this level, hasn't won a series, new coach. You know, deeper team, better team. You got Toronto's got yeah. Kawhi and Danny Green and a new coach, so they've got some demons, but they changed it up. Yeah. Philly is just they can't execute at the end of games, and they changed their their dynamic, obviously with Jimmy yeah. Butler and Tobias Harris, and then Boston, as you said, too much drama. But they're very different because yeah. they didn't have Kyrie yeah. at this point a year ago. I mean, it, 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 it's really anybody's guess. I mean, Indiana's like this sleeping dark horse capable of beating everybody as well Brooklyn nah but this is that the Eastern Conference Finals is wide open and uh, I I really don't I would not be surprised if one of those main four teams you mentioned each were there I, I don't know that there's some heavy favorite in the least Mark thanks a lot for the time man really appreciate it as always and uh, we'll see you out at Oracle the first round yeah man let's get it going This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.